0: Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On the show, I have my good friend and fellow podcaster, Mr. Tom Quite from Live and Amplified. And so on the show today, you're going to get a unique perspective from the podcasting side of the music industry. So I really love Tom's podcast, and I was actually on it a couple of years ago, uh, back in 2018. He had me on as an artist, and it was around Christmas time, I believe. I did a couple of Christmas tunes, and I did some originals. And he was just a really interesting fellow to talk to, and I really appreciated his time and the effort that he puts in to help other artists further their career. So you can say that Tom and I were both in the same business, and I would not say that we're in direct competition because I feel that our podcasts are are different enough, but we're both – coming together here with the common goal of helping indie artists get their music out there and just provide a really cool space for you, the listener, to come and listen to your favorite artists, favorite indie artists, talk about their music. So I'm I'm not going to really waste too many words. I really want to get into this interview because Tom has some really good advice for indie artists who are trying to get on podcasts and just, you know, As a whole, you know, things that he's seen, the experience that he has, I think it's very valuable for all of our listenership to, you know, to get his unique perspective. So without any further ado, let's just jump right in. This is Tom Quiet from Live and Amplified. Sorry, Tom, not trying to take anything from your intro. I just wanted to put that in there because I really love it.
1: (laughs) Woo! Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here and been a big fan of the podcast for since you started it pretty much, so...
0: Thanks, man. Well, I've been a massive fan of yours ever since we met. Like I think it was in 2018.
1: Uh, 17. or was no, 20- 18. S- you're right, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Because I w- had I hadn't, or I'd only been in Florida for about a year at that point. So yeah, gotcha. And I drove up to Nashville and that's how we met so
0: yeah no it was it was super cool so for for anybody that hasn't had a chance to listen to Tom's podcast he does a fantastic job of featuring independent artists and he's also done some video sessions that we'll talk about uh but Tom let's let's kind of talk about your origin story man how did you get into podcasting like what led you to to creating live and amplified
1: well that that's kind of a long story so I'll kind of condense it as much as I can what but to answer your first question what got me into podcasts when I was in college I drove a lot like I lived in southern Illinois but or I went to school in southern Illinois but my family was up in uh, south Chicago so that's like I think it was like a five and a half hour drive so I listened to a lot of podcasts and I was like, I want to do this one day, but I don't know what, I don't know how, you know, all this stuff. And I was interning for a baseball team and I was like, oh, let's talk to these baseball players. Cause they all, you know, have hopes, dreams and make it into the major leagues, you know, all that fun stuff. And so I think I did like three episodes. I was like, nope, this isn't it. And then I had a couple more iterations of the podcast and I moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky. So most of the people in Nashville are relatively familiar with Bowling Green, Kentucky, yep. or at least I hope they are. Um, and there was a group of guys there that were doing videos like live performance sessions with some of the local bands there. And I liked what they were doing, but I didn't like how they were doing it. You know, mm. just, they were, I don't know if too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, something, something was going on. I just didn't like the, the execution and i was i always kind of kept that in the back of my head as like okay this is something i don't know how to execute on it yet but when the time's right we'll get there yeah so fast forward let's see that was in 2013 14 fast forward 2 years so in 2015 i reached out to my buddy jeff uh i had moved to Roswell new mexico at this point and I met a guy out there. He was a sound producer, engineer, like recording engineer. And we'd worked on some film projects together and whatnot. It's like, hey, man, what do you think about this idea? Explained to, him, explained to him the whole idea for Live and Amplified. It was going to be a documentary series, just kind of going over the creative process of musicians. Because we'd sit there and we'd talk about, like I'd sit in on these recording sessions or lot like they were just like jam essentially jam sessions at that point. Mm. And they were talking about this idea for a song they'd have, you know, just like the various different musicians. I was like, we need to put that on film. We need to do something with that. And so after about four or five months of just kind of going back and forth of oh hey, we should do this. Oh hey, you know, just kind of him and hawing about the whole thing. Uh November of 2015. Yeah, November of 2015. Um, we finally decided, hey, we need to do this. We started in January of 2016. We started live and amplified. It was originally a video documentary series. And then about six months later, it we added the podcast element because we were starting to get a little bit of attention of Regional touring bands like they wanted to do something, but they didn't have time. Like when they were coming through town, it's like, yo, we don't have time to stop, set up, do a whole thing, and then get back on the road. So we need to do something a little bit quicker. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Let's just do that. We'll sit down, we'll chat, you know, it'll be fun. They're like, cool, we like that. And so the first band we did was this regional touring band by the name of Kira. And I believe they are currently on tour with Seven Dust, maybe? One of those, like, really weird mid-2000s bands that you always saw on, like, the infomercials. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so it was, like, Seven Dust and uh, a couple other, like, names in that same area. So they they were our first podcast. And from there, it just kind of kept going, so...
0: That's awesome. So I got to ask, because you are a podcaster, what has been your favorite thing? You know, when you're interviewing artists, what is what kind of like really inspires you when you're talking to artists on your podcast?
1: Authenticity. And so and I'm sure you know, as well as I do, you can tell when somebody's being authentic on the podcast, you can, yeah. you can like first two minutes, you're like, okay, this guy's this guy, this girl, this, you know, they're really who they say they are. they really believe what they're saying. And when you just get that rapport going, it doesn't matter. Like time doesn't, time doesn't exist. You know, nothing exists. The podcast is going to go until you realize, oh, we've been going for three hours already. Right. We need to <laughs> We need to stop this. So authenticity inspires me and it really makes podcasting fun.
0: Yeah. I have to agree. Um, and it's, you know, it's so interesting. The last couple of episodes that I've done with artists, we've all of us have collectively talked about authenticity. And I think. Mm-hmm. You know, a good thing that's shifting in the music industry is that we are finding more and more independent artists and discovering them and people are following them because of that authenticity, because Mm -hmm. they're just real people, you know, expressing themselves through their art and their craft and. There's for for a lot of our listenership, you know, we Aaron and I, we try to gear a lot of our episodes towards like, okay, you're a professional in the industry. What advice do you have? And I think it's so awesome that everybody is driving home this authenticity, you know, just discussion and probably because especially in country music in the last decade or so, there's a lot of artists that are not so authentic and it's oh, a yeah, lot yeah. of, it's a lot of pander, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So.
1: And I've definitely noticed that like, there's not, I'm not going to name names or throw people under the bus. Cause that's just not how I operate, but there's definitely been people that come on there and they're the best PR version of themselves. Right. And it's like, this isn't how you talk. You wouldn't yeah. say, you know, this big fancy word. I I've seen you on Facebook. I know how <laughs> like I have an idea how you really talk. You're not going to sit here and use super califragilistic, you know, whatever whatever whatever. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's absolutely real. Okay, so so talk to me a little bit about like the video sessions that you have done. Um, you know, I I know that I uh introduced you to to Kelly Johnson. I know you did a session with her, but you know, talk about these video sessions and why you started doing those.
1: Well, the original like so my background originally is in film and video i went to i i went to college for seven years i'm not that smart but i went did seven years of film and video and all that fun stuff and so that's that was my jumping off point that's where it just made sense like oh hey i've been i've been looking for a project to sink my teeth into Mm -hmm. you know i've been trying other people's helping out other people and it was just like the follow through wasn't there or I'm just not interested, you know, like I'm interested to a point, but I'm not going to like just devote all my time to a project that there's really just, I'm not happy with, or I'm not into, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. And so when I, when we started bouncing around the idea for live and amplified the original idea, it was like, okay, well let's work with the musicians that can't necessarily afford somebody to make a music video or can't afford to go into the studio and record and in one felt swoop you've got five music like at that time or at that time we were doing like four videos and it would be like a 20 minute and we were doing four songs so it would be like a 20 minute video of interview song song interview you know all that fun stuff Mm-hmm. And so in the matter of a two hour recording session, you have an EP that will hand gladly hand over to you, like, here's the audio if you want it. So you have a live EP to sell at shows. And we've had some musicians that have done that where they take the audio, they just kind of do a DIY EP deal. Mm-hmm. And I think the first person that did it, she told me like six months ago that she sold over like 800 of the live and amplified cds so wow. it's like you know it, it's one of those things it's like man i wish i would have tried to cut a little bit better for ourselves <laughs> but you know it is yeah. what it is um and then you also got the video so essentially you got yourself like an epk almost and in this yeah. day and age an epk is everything yep sorry i got a little sidetrack there i went off no. on a little side bender but the idea was for the video aspect, was to get them live performance videos and to get as much content out of one recording session. So mm-hmm. you've got the big video, which is a 20 minute mini documentary almost about musicians' creative process. Plus, you get four or five, sometimes six live performance videos. So that was kind of the original idea behind it.
0: Well, I think that's, you know, should you have probably cut yourself a better deal? Yeah, probably. Uh, because you just you provided such an amazing service. I mean, think about it. So, you know, uh, actually, uh, the last episode that just aired uh, was with Matt and Liza of Marathon Music Works. And we we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, independent artists really, you know, marketing themselves as a business and not mm-hmm. just as an artist. And so I think there's a lot that you know, so many musicians who are just getting into the business don't understand, like, what the PK is and why you need to have video content, why mm. that is so important. And so for you to essentially kind of hand an artist, you know, the keys to yeah. to their career to start out, I think that's, you know, number one, it's it's a really amazing thing. And I think you're such a sweetheart for doing that because without without having that, like, that girl wouldn't have sold 800 copies of the live and amplified sessions that she yeah. did you know yeah. i mean that's that's really amazing and so let's you know if you could could you maybe talk about like some of the artists that have come to you and maybe tried to pitch themselves to come on to your podcast and where you think maybe maybe some artists could do better like are there some learning you know curves there for when artists have been pitching to you like things that you've seen maybe that were like okay you should probably do a little bit better on this you know
1: I mean the the big thing that I've seen and I've noticed is and obviously with the pandemic like our entire for the last year and a half our entire I don't want to say business model because it's not really a business model but like what we're doing is completely changed like mm-hmm. we've dove headfirst into the podcast and we haven't done that many live sessions you know what all that fun stuff but there a lot of times at least pre-pandemic we'll, we'll preface it pre-pandemic we've had a lot of musicians come to us and say hey we want to get in on the live session and it's like oh okay um is there any play like is there any place that we could see something like, I don't care if it's footage of you playing at a show off a cell phone. Like, can we see something? It's like, Oh, we haven't played any live shows yet. Uh, Okay. Do you have any like rough recording, like anything I can hear? No, we're not at that point yet. And I'm like, so just a lot of musicians that come to us too early, like maybe they have songs written, but they Mm -hmm. haven't, you know, and I don't know if to chalk that up as to, They don't know what they're doing or they just think we're going to hot shot their career a little bit and give them just give them all this free stuff. And it's like, yes, that's what it was for. But we want you to have shown a little bit of initiative. Like we're not going to like you've been a musician for six weeks and we're going to bring you in. It's not going to work. Yeah. So.
0: Well, okay. So listenership, you know, really take that to heart, like have something prepared, make sure that you have all your ducks in a row and come to the, come to the interview ready to go. Right. Um.
1: (laughs) It's not even so much being ready to go. Just take a little bit of initiative and show that you're trying, you've trying this on your own and you're not just coming in because you think we're going to get you a quick couple of hundred new followers or, you know, whatever. And that's definitely happened. And we've worked with some people and it just didn't work out. Um, Actually, early on in our career, we had a bad reputation of breaking up bands. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because the first three or four full bands that we Mm -hmm. worked with within the first six or within the six months following, they at minimum had at least one member quit the band so there was like like it wasn't anything like oh they're breaking up bands it was like there was a band and they had some inner turmoil they broke up and then like a couple of bands they had some members leave or they just stopped playing all together you know so it was just one of those things and kind of going back to your original question early on we had the um or after this all kind of happened we had the um we adopted the mantra of, okay, you've had, if you want to come on our show, you have to have had this lineup for at least nine months. You had to have been playing shows. You've had to have been doing something collectively for at least nine months, Mm -hmm. you know, at least the major foundation of the band. Like if you're, if you've always just kind of been swapping the bass player, but he doesn't really contribute anything, you know, okay, fine. We can let that slide. But if you're changing like lead singers every three months, or something else going on you know yeah
0: so right no that makes sense well, and you know every everybody has to have a uh there has to be a certain standard right mm-hmm. so but i think it's just it's good to talk about these things so that you know some of our, our greener musicians that are kind of dip on their toes in this gives them a really good picture of what it is that they should be able to expect and mm-hmm. you know kind of just getting things in line and, you know, and essentially just being prepared. It's, it's, it is a big part of the industry. It doesn't really matter what part of the industry you're in, whether you're in sync licensing or when you, you know, if you're in just, you know, the performance aspect of it, or even the teaching aspect of it. I mean, it's, it's important to, to be prepared. So, uh, no, that's just, it's good information. So thank you for that.
1: And then the other thing would be, to be considerate of the situation, like just be yeah. understanding of everything that's going on. Like, right, you know, especially with everything that's been going on in my life the last nine months, it's just like as a lot of the musicians have been super understanding. Like, hey, can't do today's podcast. Sorry, it's six o'clock and we're supposed to go on at seven thirty, yeah. but I can't do it. And they're like, "You're good. Don't worry about it." So just be understanding of every situation. That's the other thing I like to stress.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's just it. Honestly, it's a good business model when you're trying to network in the industry and make connections and, Mm -hmm. and really, you know, cultivate good relationships. You never know what somebody's going through. Okay, so uh, I do want to talk about this Waco competition that you've uh, that you have been posting a lot. I have voted I promise. Uh, So yeah, tell us about the Waco competition. This is really exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, um, so like we were talking before the uh, before we jumped on here, um, about two months ago, there was a, a buddy of mine that had posted that the Waco Awards were taking nominations, and I was like, oh, I've only been in Waco a year and a half; I have no idea what this is. So let me check it out. So I went and checked it out. They had a segment for podcast of the year, and I'm like, okay, I probably won't get nominated because in the Waco scene. I'm not that well known because I moved to Waco about four months before the pandemic started. So I didn't really get a chance to get out in the Waco scene like that. Um, And so I kind of went through and figured out what the process of getting or the nomination process was. And it was by popular vote. I was like, (laughs) cool. And of course I just started bugging everyone like, Hey, (laughs) vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. And as luck would have it, I think it was not last weekend, but two weekends ago, they announced the uh, finalists, and we got named a finalist. So I was like, okay. And we we've been pushing really hard. I believe they announced the winners December eleventh. So
0: awesome! Yeah, C- cool. So, so what? So if you were to win the Waco competition, what exactly happens then?
1: Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it was like, cause last year they, they had like a nice big award ceremony that they did virtually. Um, and so the, like December 11th, there'll be an award ceremony and then we'll get like a, I, I think it's like a plaque or something. And then we just kind of get bragging rights essentially. So, nice. Um, wow. yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where, we, we've been doing this for a really long time and uh, it kind of goes back to when I was in film school like going to film school and I was I was making projects and I was like I think I want to enter a film festival and uh, my parents uh the bar that they drank at they had a barback that was also a filmmaker he was a, a bit further along in his career obviously because he was a uh, barback but um he was like just kind of take this any, no matter what film festival you enter, if you win, you win, and nobody can take that away from you. Yep. So whether it's the South Chicago Indie Film Festival, you know, whatever it is, or the Grammys or the the Oscars, you know, it's in your eyes, it needs to be all the same. So ever since... I, or my mom told me that I was like, okay, I treat every festival, film festival, every podcast, you know, any award that we're nominated for, in my eyes is on the same level as winning an Oscar or Grammy, you know, whatever, so.
0: Well, that's a cool thing, man. And I'm, I'm very excited for you and very happy for you. I think, you know, I think your podcast is wonderful and you're definitely deserving of an award like this. I mean, you work very hard and you do a really good job. Yep. So
1: it, where it, it's, it's been a interesting year. Yeah. Like it last year would have probably been the better year to have found out about the Waco awards just because <laughs> I was podcasting a lot more consistently. And then this year, um, Obviously since like March or so it's been very sporadic when I would podcast, but I was mm-hmm. still able to get I think because we're getting ready to take a bit of a break. I think I'll get over a hundred podcasts out this year. So it'll be like it's not like we haven't been inconsistent or haven't done a lot of podcasts, but you know, we just didn't do near as much as we did last sure last year. <sighs>
0: Well, and, you know, I think there there isn't anything wrong with that necessarily. I mean, you're still putting out really good content, and that's what people care the most about. Yeah. Um so let I want to ask you, can you can you pick maybe one or two favorite episodes of the podcast? Of the podcast.
1: Okay. So there there are several um there there are there are several that are really good um that you know I I went in thinking oh great this is gonna be a 20-minute interview and it's not gonna be worth anything you know just because I like looking at their stuff it was like oh we don't have anything in common we're not gonna connect over anything you know all that stuff it'll be a 20-minute interview we'll talk about their new single you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. and those interviews ended up being like there's Seven specific, like seven that I can think of specifically that I went in like, oh, this is going to be a 20 minute interview and we're going to just kind of be done. And they ended up all going over an hour and a half. That's like, cool. just, you know, just, so th- those are like, just to kind of group it in, but two specific interviews, um, one would have to be last June, June, yeah i think it was june i interviewed the drummer from foghat okay so the band that did like slow ride you know that band yeah. um and the only reason i got the interview is because a family connect or not a family connection but they did like an offshoot ep like a live ep thing and they had an album cover that had an airplane on it. And my dad was the pilot that flew that airplane to (laughs) whatever the location was. So that's how I got in the door. And I was sitting there. I was like, okay, I got him." Maybe only have 20 minutes. And we ended up going for over an hour. And he was like, because there was a point there where I was getting ready to wrap it up. And he's like, dude, you don't got to wrap it up. I'm here. Let's talk. Like we're having a good time. And I'm like, all right, this is awesome. So That one, and then the time that I didn't realize I was interviewing the bassist from Three Doors Down. What? (laughs) So I I was sitting there, which is kind of a funny story. So I'm sitting there just getting ready for the interview. It was like one of those days where it was like, um, man, busy day at work. And it was like 7.25 and Justin, if you're listening to this right now, I'm sorry, dude. I did not realize you were the basis from three doors down until about 20 minutes into that interview. And <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to just kind of prepare for this on the fly. You know, I got done with work about five minutes before the podcast. And I went and pulled up his Twitter account. And it was... Um, Justin 3DD and it was it just had like a bunch of three doors down stuff and I was like all right this guy's a super fan of three doors down cool <laughs> and you know I was just kind of going through everything and I'm like all right cool 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 because we were talking about his solo career we were talking about he's getting or he was in the process of doing a country solo career uh, middle of the pandemic you know so it made sense and then about 20 minutes in I started connecting all these dots and I'm like Oh crap, I think I'm in or talking to the bass player from Three Doors Down right now. And you can kinda see it on the interview where my my conversation kind of switches a little bit. So
0: <laughs> you could see the light bulb moment.
1: Yeah. So it, it was uh it that was very funny. And actually, I think he's supposed to come back on in January, so I'm really excited about that one. So
0: nice. At any point in that interview, did like did it maybe occur to him that he didn't know who you were
1: or how did I word that? that? I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Well, no. Cause I was just talking about his, you know, and, and when in those situations where like I'm pressed for, like I didn't get to prepare like I wanted to, I tend to talk in very general terms. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, like instead of saying specific things that they're working on and I'll say something like, and all the cool projects you've got coming up, you know, just right. like very general terms like that. And it's a nice little cover all to make sure that you don't offend anybody, you know, all that fun stuff. Right. And I think I was buttering that one on pretty thick that day, but um and then like, you know, 15, 20 minutes in, it's just like, Oh, crap. Okay. Let's. And in my head, I'm like, I could have promoted this, we could have made it good, we could have right. made it, you know, could have made it fun, you know. So
0: Well, that's awesome. Uh, What a, what a fun story though. So, you know, when you have him back, then you should talk about that a little bit.
1: About this time last year, I did a uh, fundraiser for the Children's Miracle Network and he came on for like 10 minutes because he was getting ready to watch college football or something. And I was going to bring it up, but it was one of those things where it's like, you've only got 10 minutes. He's just releasing a new single. Let's talk about that. Not my idiocy. So,
0: Yeah. Oh, that's well, a great story. And to story, be fair, man.
1: he was—he's not like the like a founding member of Three Doors Down. He came in in like 2011, so like that was way past when I was listening to Three Doors Down. So, right, yeah, you know, it was just to be fair, a little <laughs> bit fair to myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super cool! What a fun story. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I, I wanted to know because I. I was blessed and honored to, to do one of your video sessions. I want to know, like, what's the funniest thing that has happened to you during one of those video sessions?
1: The one thing that always pops into my mind is we're sitting there. Uh, I had, I was still living out in Roswell, New Mexico, and there was a band coming down from Montana. They were coming, they were on a, like on a tour and, They were going from, like, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they were going down to El Paso. They were going out somewhere in Texas. And I was like, hey, you got a day off. Come into Roswell. You know, we'll we'll work with you. And we'd been wanting to work together for at least a year at that point. We were filming in an abandoned – or not an abandoned, but an old FedEx building in the dead heat of summer in Roswell, New Mexico, which – De- like Just say the desert in July. You, right. you get my point. Yeah, And so we're sitting there. We're all set up. We're waiting for the band to get there because they're traveling. So we're just kind of at their mercy. They can't find the place to begin with. So that was always a fun thing because it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And you had to go down some dirt roads, you know, back country in New Mexico. And... They kept driving past the building. Oh, no. Because, like, it's like you're in the middle of the desert and there's this big white building sitting out in the middle of nowhere. That and doesn't look like, sketchy
0: at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. And they're just like, oh, you know. And then finally, um, myself and my sound engineer and a buddy of ours, we just kind of went out there and just kind of waved them down the next time they came passing through. So that was a fun and entertaining experience. But then once we finally got set up, after every song, we had to break down the gear and take it and put it in a freezer that was sitting in in one of the break rooms over there because all of our gear was overheating.
0: Oh my God, that's miserable. So
1: so like my cameras, like there was one point, my camera, one of my cameras was so hot, I couldn't touch it.
0: Oh God.
1: And we got word from them. That one of their, I think it was just one of their loopers or something, all the connectors on the inside melted. So like all their wires were loose.
0: Oh God. That's
1: how hot it was in there. Oh. So that, like, I mean, that wasn't fun or funny, but like looking back at it, like when you think about the early parts of your career and the stuff you had to just kind of go through.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then there was also a time we were up at a music festival in Santa Fe. It was like October in the mountains. So it was already getting cold. And there was a point there where we'd set up, we were camping outside and we were just doing podcasts that day. We weren't doing anything crazy. Mm -hmm. And so we went, walked down to where like the camping area was and we set up our tent and then we were like, okay, well, we got to go do this podcast, this podcast, and this podcast. Let's get this tent down, and we're good. And 20 minutes later or so, we hear over the loudspeaker, attention festival gowers! there is a tent running loose in the camping area. And it was our tent. We forgot to stake it down. Oh, no. And we didn't really put anything inside it to hold it down, so our tent had just kind of started flying across the oh. the thing. So... <laughs> and uh oh. yeah so that was fun
0: oh my gosh this the things that we endure for our craft right yep
1: yep, <laughs> yep. and actually I hadn't I hadn't thought of that story in a really long time and I I like just because it's one of those things where it's like that didn't really equate to anything but it's still a very funny story
0: it's still but, a great story doesn't yep. matter look i being a musician for 20 plus years now i've got so many ridiculous stories some are funny some are not so funny but dude that's that is hilarious like i I can't i'm sure now it's fine to talk about it and laugh about it at the time you're you're probably pissed off as all hell
1: (laughs) well i was mad because we were in the middle of like all these campers and that like it's one of those um It was one of those hippie fests. Well, I hate saying it like that, but, you know, peace, love and rock and roll and all that stuff. And they were trying to build something similar to what Woodstock was. You know, Mm -hmm. they were trying to build a community like that. And it was like, okay, cool. Like, we don't have to worry about anything getting stolen, you know, none of that stuff. And then they just all just sat there and watched our tent blow away. And I'm like, (laughs) really? You couldn't? (sighs)
0: So i can just, p- just picture it there's a bunch of people standing there going and there it goes it's yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome so,
1: <laughs> yeah it was, that that was an interesting experience in and of itself it this first time i tried vegan food
0: oh wow yeah we
1: we tried to be very respectful and we had one of the guy one of the uh guys that was in tar- uh, in charge of like the media relations he was like hey man i really appreciate that you're trying to respect everybody here by not eating meat not bringing meat in but you guys are like the worst vegans because <laughs> we're sitting there drinking we're sitting there drinking like iced tea and like the arnold palmer 50 50 deals right. and we're eating like pop tarts and applesauce, like just like the most random stuff we can find and the guy comes in and he's like i appreciate you guys be uh, like honoring that we're trying to make this a vegan festival, but you're like the worst vegans. And I'm like, eh, sorry, I'm not going to eat your tofu, grape nut, whatever, whatever. So, so, oh.
0: well, you know what? You put your best foot forward. You tried, you did your best.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did. We did. So, but we did, we made a lot of good friends on that one. Like some people we still talk to to this day. So it's like, it was, it was a really weird circumstance but there's still plenty of musicians that come out of there that we're friends with on Facebook and we'll talk to every once in a while. And yeah, you know, so it, it was all good. So well,
0: it was all worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: so I wanted to ask you, uh, I see that you're, you're running an ad campaign on your website. Uh, it's the support indie music fundraiser.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. So basically I had this idea of selling t-shirts. I say, I love music it's a kind of a throwback to our original t-shirt design that we had back when we first started and all the proceeds are going to go to this fund where we donate it to buskers or independent musicians. Or if we hear that a musician is in the middle of a tour and their car breaks down and it's going to cost them a thousand dollars to fix their car or, you know, like whatever the situation is, it'll give us a a little bit of funding to be like, oh, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars. Here you go. We got you you know, whatever it is, just like giving back to the music community in any way that we can. So that's kind of the idea behind it.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I will, I will make sure to post links in the show notes for that. So that if anybody would like to go to the live and amplified website and, uh, you know, help out with the fundraiser and purchase a t-shirt, we'll make sure that we have it and I'll put it on socials and stuff too.
1: Much appreciated.
0: All right, man. Well, I think that's probably about all the time that we've got. Thank you again, Tom, for mm-hmm. for coming on. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast. Tom,
0: you are the coolest human ever. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thank you for sharing your time and effort and also for creating the iHeart Music Fundraiser campaign for musicians that are in need. So, for everybody listening, please, please, please do Tom a favor. Go like and subscribe, Live and Amplified. You can find it everywhere podcasts are. And then click the link in the show notes and go support indie artists that need our help when they're on the road. So, again, links in the show notes. Go buy that t-shirt. Thanks for being here, everybody.